I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Hey, it's Terry, and I'm happy to be back with you again. Today, I want to talk about moving up market and what it takes to to shift your mind into being that high-end designer. Now, what I know for certain is as designers, we always start our business out by just hustling, really just pure hustle, picking up every single piece that falls at our feet and trying to turn it into a job. Okay. It's exhausting, <laughs> but you've all been through it. The, the realization though is that that kind of hustle, that kind of do something, do something with everything that comes in the door is not how you move up market. It's how you get a business started. It's how you get the money wheel started. It's how you get everything going. But what happens oftentimes is designers think to move up market, they just need to keep working harder and more and more and more. And pretty soon we get in a situation where you're working 60 or 70 hours a week and you're making 40, 50,000 a year. It's like, this is not useful. You'd be, you'd be far better off at Pottery Barn and at least you'd have insurance, right? So the other side of that is you got to realize that, that moving up market is a paradigm shift. It's a shift in the way you think and your attitude about this and what you're going for. And you're going to let go of the idea of working harder and longer and longer is going to get you there because it won't. It just puts you on the, the exercise wheel in the hamster cage. You just go and go and go and go and go. You don't get anywhere. You just wear yourself out and fall over and quit one day, right? So moving up market is a paradigm shift. It's a different way of thinking. And it is 90% internal. Let me tell you that, okay? I can tell you all the things, physical things you need to do to make that happen, but the, the shift needs to be internal first in order to get there, all right? Because you, you deserve it, right? You want to be in a place, you need to be in a place where you really feel that you deserve $200 an hour and you're paid for every hour that you work that you deserve to pay, be paid $10,000 fee to put this job together or 20,000 or 60,000 or a hundred thousand. Okay. And it could go up from there. Okay. But you've got to be okay with that. And when I say that and you shudder and you go, Oh no, oh, that's not going to happen. All right. That's, that's your internal resistance coming up. And we need to dig around a little bit and find out what it is that's creating that pushback because that in the end is what's going to get you to where you want to go, right? You can have furniture budgets of a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or a mill even, all right? It's not, it's not unknown. It's actually, I don't know if I'll call it common, but it's, it's out there. Quite a bit of it is out there, right? But we have to be in the mindset to feel that we deserve it. A little tricky part is that you don't get the four hundred thousand dollar furniture budget 
to do this job that, you know, could end up in a magazine and be absolutely fabulous because you've got the money to work with to make it really, really cool. It's that, that before you get there, before you get that $400,000 budget, you have to be really good and really confident in asking for, say, $60,000 as a fee for yourself. That's the entry point, not over there on the, on the product side. It's on your design fee side, on how you value yourself and what you think you're worth and the confidence of knowing that, that you are worth $60,000 to put together a $400,000 interior. That's the piece that, that needs to be cleared up. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about what, what can get in our way, what we can stumble on, um, that, that keeps us from getting to that place where we feel like we deserve it. A lot of times it's our environment. A lot of times it's just the place where we're, we're living at the moment where it doesn't seem possible. And those people around us are kind of keeping it in place. So think about this. If you wanted to lose weight, would you make sure that your refrigerator was full of things like French fries and ice cream and potato chips and <laughs> pizza and all that kind of stuff? All good stuff, but, but not conducive to slimming down at all. Or if you're serious about losing some weight, you'd get all of that out of your refrigerator and you'd replace it with good, fresh, organic fruit and vegetables and things that you could eat that would be really healthy and nourish you and give you lots of energy and not add to your weight problem, but actually help you slim down. That's, that's an example of an environmental piece that supports you or doesn't support you. Another way to think about it is, is, you know, you've walked into somebody's house, you know, they want you to work on their, on their living room and it's absolute mess. It's chaos. There's just stuff everywhere. And it's obviously been there for a while. And you look at that and, you know, my first thought was always, why do they want me to do this? I'm just going to destroy it. But okay, that's beside the point. <laughs> that's just a little internal, internal thing. I always had about that. But the reality is, is that you can't do anything with that room until it gets cleaned up, until all the clutter and junk and yuck gets out of there. You can't, you know, you can't begin to design a nice environment. Um, you know, and that falls back into the feng shui thing where, where you're cleaning up the environment so the energy flows through and things need to be there. I mean, even if you haven't studied feng shui, it's a basic design premise that, you know, we need to start with a clean slate. And, and put in what is supportive, right? So there's another environmental piece. Now, another way to look at environment is the people that are around you, okay? They constitute uh, kind of a social environment, so to speak. And they're very, very influential on your um, business, on your career, on your success, how you feel about money, how you, you know, how you step into things um, is really dependent on these essentially five people that are closer to you determine your income. Wow, that's an interesting piece. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, we want to be really careful about this environment and this personal thing because, you know, the fast track to to being successful and, and moving up market, you know, is is the people that you hang with. Quite frankly, if you're hanging with a group of people who are up there where you want to be, you will automatically kind of um, subconsciously step into doing what, what they do. Just and never even question that it, that it isn't right or you can't do that or that sort of thing. You would just be there. 
you know, the, the, the thing I've always, story I've always related to that is my granddaughter, who, when she was eight, decided she wanted to be in a triathlon. <laughs> and her, because her parents were doing it and she thought if they were doing it, she wanted to do it. And they didn't say, Oh no, you know, that's too big a deal. You can't do that. You're only eight years old. No, they, um, actually got her in. They had a, there was a class, you know, in a, in a San Diego, so a big city, um, a class from eight to 12 year olds. And she was, oh, she was just, just eight, just barely there. So she, she got in that class and they helped her learn how to jump into the open water and swim fast instead of stick her toe in and go, Ew, you know, just go for it. And, you know, and how to, how to get out of her wetsuit, how to get on her bike fast, put her shoes on, all that sort of stuff. They helped her with a bit. And, um, the day came to do the race. And she did her thing all the way through and lo and behold, came in second out of the entire city. And she's eight years old. I have a great picture of her standing on the podium with her arms in the air and the medal on her chest like Olympic girl, you know, and it was a great day for her. We go, that's amazing, Miriam. That's fabulous. You did that. Well, when you look at that and go, why did it work? It's because nobody told her that was a really hard and nasty and difficult thing for a little girl to do, especially a little princess, you know? <laughs> nobody said that to her. They just assumed that she was going to be fine. She assumed she was going to be fine because nobody said otherwise. And so she just went out and did it. All right. That's the kind of situation we need to put ourselves in um, when we're trying to move up market is that we're not questioning how this is working, whatever, or what these people are doing, or oh, it's too hard, or I can't do it, or it takes years, or any of, any of those excuses. It's just you're running along with them, so why don't you just do what they're doing? It's happened to me many, many times. And so what I want you to encourage you to do is pay attention who's around you and how they're pulling you along or holding you back. Big piece there. So one of the things that you want to realize that if you've got a lot of unsuccessful people around you, and, and we're going to define unsuccessful this way, unsuccessful people tend to criticize, they watch TV daily, they fear change, they operate by the seat of their pants, never have a plan, talk about other people behind their backs, uh, they hoard information, right? they don't share, they never set goals. They exclude anger, right? They hold a grudge. Um, they blame others for their failures. They think they know it all already. They secretly hope that others fail, right? So they feel better on their own. That's just creepy. And, and they don't know what they want to be. They have no idea. Now, those people, it's, it's, that's kind of a, I say those, but those people who have that kind of way of being are very common in our society. They're, they're very common. Right. They often will say to you when you're talking about what you want to do and where you want to go and what your business is, they'll say things like, you know what, you have champagne taste and a beer budget. Right. Now they're, they're meaning that as kind of a put down. Quite frankly, if you didn't have champagne taste, you couldn't do this job. You wouldn't be a designer. A designer can pick out the, the best objects in a group of a hundred from a hundred feet away. Right. I can do it. You can do it. It's just, that's just who we are. Of course we have champagne taste. That's ridiculous. Yet it's, it's said as like a put down. Right. Or, you know, you're getting too big for your britches. Ever heard that one? Or you can't do that, 
All right, that's fighting words to me. But, you know, if Uncle Joe says to you, oh, you can't do that, you know, it would be good to look at Uncle Joe's bank account because I think it reflects where he is, all right? He's not the person you should be listening to. On the other side, successful people can be identified because they express gratitude. They read every day. They accept responsibilities for their failures. They exude joy, happiness, <laughs> fun, curiosity, <laughs> abundance, all of those things. They embrace change. They continually learn, on and on, always curious. They want others to succeed, right? And they set goals and develop a plan, right? Now, those people are more likely to say to you, wow, go for it. You got this. You do it, okay? Or I got your back. <laughs> go for it. Go do it. Right? There's a whole different energy behind that. They're, they're cheering for your success and want to support you as opposed to trying to pull you back down where everybody else is. Okay? So I encourage you to, to pay attention to this and, and look in your life. Who's moving up? Who's taken ownership of everything they do? Who's accountable? All right? Consistently. And who's responsible? Okay? Versus who's not? Who's, who's running around in the blame game, um, making excuses for everything and denying that things are even happening? Okay, that's the unsuccessful side. So think about who it is in your life that you're closest to and what side of the line are they on? Okay, this is not about judgment. Okay, this is just meant to be an observation. So once you've got that in place, you might jot that down. Okay is what are you going to do about it? Well, you need to take a break from the people who are pulling you backwards, okay? Now, we want to acknowledge the fact that often this is friends and family, and you're not going to just shut them out and get rid of them. That's really not appropriate. But you can take a break from them, okay? Or you could limit the time you spend with them, right? What you need to know is that for every hour you spend with the negative, unsuccessful people, you need five hours of positive people to balance it out. That's a tough one. That's really a tough one because that's a lot of, a lot of balancing. That has to do with the way our brain works. We tend to take something negative and we blow it up 10 times and make a big deal in our brain about it. You know, it's the part of your brain that kept you from being eaten by a tiger back in, back in the days when we had to worry about those things. Okay. It's, it's the idea that if something's not quite right, we blow it up and then we respond instantly to it in some way. Now, what's happened is there's no tigers eating us anymore. We're pretty safe where we are. And so that, but that response, that negative response piece is still there. We know that it exists in a whole lot of things like social media. Why the negative stuff travels so fast? Well, it's the same, the same reason. It happens, you know, in, in your social connected life as well. So you want to be aware of who are the people you need to be careful of, frankly, um, and limit your time with them and know that you're going to put in, put in time with the good people, the positive side to balance it out. Every time you do that, you could be fine. You'd be fine. But rolling along unaware that people who actually love you, you know, they're not trying to harm you, but that's where they're at right now. Pull you backwards and, and don't allow you to move forward in your career and your business, right? It's not because they don't love you. They do. But your being successful 
makes them feel more unsuccessful, and that's not much fun, right? So that's where it comes from, uh, but this is what you can do. Just remember there's a five-to-one ratio there, and if you're going to spend time with somebody that's negative, put a limit on it, put some boundaries on it, and then do something for yourself on the other side to balance it out. It'll, it'll make a huge difference for you. So in, in moving up market, one of the most important things you can do is to upgrade your mindset. Upgrade how you think about things and how you think what you think is possible. Okay, when you change the way you feel about people who are rich and have money yourself, you begin to allow more of that abundance into your life. If you begin to see it, you begin to become open to it. And because you're tracking these people, this is really the fast track to, to moving up market is to connect with people who are moving up in that way. And they just kind of pull you along. It's really kind of a marvelous thing. You know, when you up level the people you hang out with, you'll up level the client you attract. It's as simple as that. Because the law of attraction, which is a law of the universe, okay, it, it permeates everything, says like attracts like, okay? When you match energy with those high-end clients you want, because those high-end clients are not down in the unsuccessful size, criticizing and grumping and doing all of that stuff. They're high-energy people. They're doing stuff. They're, they're moving. When you can match energy with them, then you can begin working for them and supporting them and having that kind of relationship. You want to be the energetic match to what you want. Now, that's my story for you today. I hope you enjoy it and try applying that in your life and benefit from all the yummy stuff that comes out of it. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're hearing each week, let me know by leaving a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on clear, proven, repeatable, step-by-step recipes for attracting ideal luxury clients I share in each episode. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. Till next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.